And I have phones ringing all the time. Now what? This, again, no call is Hilliard. This is definitely a spam call. And I hope it was. <laughs> oh, because I was oh. like, I hope it wasn't. Oh, it's the, probably the mulch. The mulch people. In. The mulch coming in. <laughs> well, sorry, the mulch will have to wait another week. It's five. It's ten after five. Yeah, they're supposed. To, they have up until eight p.m. to deliver. That's why I was saying I shouldn't. Don't know if I should go because they can deliver between six a.m. and eight p.m. This is the stress I'm talking about. Yeah. This is the small business podcast that is sweeter than all the rest. Marketing, media, and cupcakes. This is episode 51 of Marketing, Media, and Cupcakes. I am John Ando, and along with me is my truly sipping, stressed out wife, Angel. How are you doing? Hey there. Yes, that's all she has to say so far. That's all I got to say. It has been a week of stress. It's been a very stressful time. I know everybody's going through stress, but it's just like I, I things have been very busy and Well, here's my motto. Okay. When you don't have when you get a holiday Monday and you don't have a work Monday, then you have Monday all week long. Every day becomes Monday. So I just am not a fan of Monday holidays because every day then becomes a Monday. So then I get four Mondays. I just would prefer my one Monday. So that's what I'm having is another Monday. Because we just came out of Memorial Day. My yes. daughter graduated, lots of stress, all yes. that thing. Yes. Here's a motto that I remember from the days when I used to work at a place. I work for myself now with my media company. But it used to be one of my most popular uh, sayings was, the beatings will continue <laughs> until morale improves. Because I worked at places that, that just seemed to be how teamwork worked. Mm. And we talk about teamwork. So today I'm very excited yes. to have a friend of ours on Yay! who is a coach, a career coach. Shelly Stotzer Hello. is on the show today. Thank you for Whee! being here. Thank you for having me. Yay. Shelly was part of a leadership group that I got to do a video for last year. And that's how we connected. And yes, we, yes. we instantly were like talking a mile a minute about entrepreneurs and careers and life. And it was like we just hit it off and, and we talked about yeah, podcasts and everything else. So tell us first what you do. That might help. That would be help. Sure. <laughs> Crossworks, we are focused on helping everyone perform at their best, understanding themselves, having clarity, having focus to perform your best. And about half of our business is made up of individuals who need some type of support and career coaching. Anything from help me figure out what I want to do next, all the way to helping you negotiate an offer and all the steps in between. And the other half of our business is made up of supporting organizations, everything from executive coaching, outplacement, team building, helping set culture, meeting facilitation, you name it. So we wow. are all about helping people perform their best. Neat. So it's funny to hear that because like my daughter graduated this weekend and, you know, different people I met graduating. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And they're like, some of them had plans. Some of them don't. But basically what you find out with Shelly is all of us get to some point like, I don't know what I want to do. It's true. I'm, I have told everyone, they're like, so, and I said, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. So, I have no clue. The good news is you have lots of opportunities to reinvent yourself. Exactly. So you get to go in front of, of, of teams and companies and corporations and, and kind of help make them gel better a little bit is part of what you do, right? Absolutely. So one of the questions we had today is I hear things about teamwork. It's a team. There's no I in team. Yet one of the things you've said a lot about is we need to have individuality. Well, I always thought individuality doesn't work in a team. How does that work? So, so you're going to give us some insight on this today. Absolutely. So teams, they are important. Of course, we need to have a common vision. We have to have a common mission. We have to work towards something together. However, the way we go about the same exact tasks, what we need out of our 
bosses, out of our team members can vary quite a bit from person to person. And if all we do is focus on these general themes like let's go have a keg in our kitchen or let's play ping pong in our bath in our bathroom. <laughs> yes. Why not? Let's play ping pong in the bathroom. There's something How much different. Fun? <laughs> that might get some energy and interest in my group. Yeah. For some people they would love that. For others, they're gonna sit back and say, that is too much. I need something completely different to be my best self. So I believe that there is a balance between coming together as a team but helping each person get their needs met. So this this is really about culture, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. I mean, I know I've worked in creative environments and like you said, that you know they they want to do the ping pong tables and stuff like that. I'm like, "I have to focus. Don't do that." And then there's other people that you know, they need that. So how how do you balance that? And if you're if you're like a team lead or a a boss, uh, and you, we all think we know, we, we all go through the world thinking you all like what I like mm-hmm. and it's not true. So how do you, how do you figure that out? Cause it seems like it would be a daunting task. The key message here is there is no one ideal culture. We don't have one set of actions or beliefs or systems that are going to really meet everybody where they are. So whether you're hiring people, developing people, firing people, how you treat them, should be focused on the individual. What do they need in order to be their best self? And so, for example, you hear the phrase, treat people the way you want to be treated. And most people would shake their head. Yes, do that. Mm -mm. No, No, don't do that. No, definitely not. No. (laughs) I look at my two daughters, for example. Um, One daughter is very highly emotional. She's a feeler. She's creative. She's thoughtful. The other daughter is very practical, very detail-oriented, very systematic. And if the way I treated them was the same, and I thought that when I had kids, actually. I Mm -hmm. thought, hey, this first one turned out great. I'm going to treat the second (laughs) one just like it. Yep. No. Didn't work. Definitely not. The uh, copy paste did not work on that one. No. And I can, I mean, I agree with that from the training that I've done over the years. It just, it doesn't work. You, you know, we can, we can state, or as I've, you know, jokingly stated, but you know, you teach to the lowest common denominator. I mean, you, you, you pick the lowest and you assume everyone in will figure it out in between. So if you teach to the high level, everyone else is going to forget if you, you know, only teach it on the elementary level, they're not going to get it. You've got to find a nice, a balance somewhere in between. The thing I, the, the thing that I'd like to get your, your take on is that often I think it's always easier to complain than to compliment. And very rarely do you ever hear somebody say at the bar, boy, I have a great boss. You know, it's typically, boy, I hate my boss. <laughs> How does that work when you like, I have a boss and maybe he is demanding because he's the boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that work? How do you deal with that? Well, first, I want to clarify that for some people, they look at a demanding boss as just that, too demanding, overreaching, micromanaging. And other people look at that same exact boss and say, Mm -hmm. I love that boss. He or she is clearer, and I know what's expected of me, and they stretch me, and they push me. And I think that is the point. When I hear people say, and I hear this quite often, he or she is a terrible boss, Um, that is a culture that no one would want to work in. I'm going to look at them and say... That's probably not true Mm -hmm. Mm. because there is probably someone with the personality quite different than yours that will thrive and enjoy um, that exact same culture, that exact same boss. Mm -hmm. So to your point, anytime people make generalizations, he's a terrible boss, which is, you're right, more common than someone Mm -hmm. saying, I love my boss. Um, But the point is you 
you cannot make those generalizations because odds are there is someone thriving and excited about going to work for that exact same person. It's better to say he or she is not a good boss for me. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I would agree. So is there a way if I'm a team lead and maybe I've got that vibe that because here's the problem. Angel and I are both the kind of, the kind of people uh, that don't like drama. We don't like people not to like us. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's always been hard. I've I've supervised people since I was in my twenties, mm-hmm. and I always wanted everybody to like me. So you know, oh yeah, you want to go ahead and take a nap? Yeah, go ahead, do that. That's great. <laughs> um, it's hard for me to sit back and say, no, you got to get your job done. Uh, and then there's the other people who don't have a problem whatsoever of taking people to task. So. How do we how do we develop a good medium? Is it literally we have to figure out that Anne is Anne needs a little hand holding and Bob wants to go out and and be you know mm-hmm. a tool of the hunt or how do we do that? It's very tricky. So let me start with you cannot look at someone and say he or she needs this based on the way they walk, the way they talk, mm. the way they behave. That's what's hard as a leader. Mm-hmm. Because I, I'll use myself as an example. If you looked at me, you would see that I'm extroverted, I'm action-oriented, I'm pretty practical and logical, I'm pretty direct, I'm pretty flexible. Those are some of the characteristics that you would see in me. Mm-hmm. And so people would probably look at me and treat me in that same way. Sure. But to be honest, I need a plan. Mm-hmm. I'm incredibly flexible, but I need a plan. I'm an extrovert, but I do need some time to think and process alone. Mm-hmm. I'm action-oriented, but I need to know that the way I'm using my energy is productive, so I need to think before I do. And so I'm a bit difficult to read on the outside, Mm -hmm. and so I get treated a certain way based on the way I behave. And until a boss takes the time, first of all, I need to understand myself Mm -hmm. and be able to advocate for myself and communicate on behalf of myself for what I need. Then also I need a boss who's willing to understand that and not project their needs and their style and their assumption about what is good or bad onto me. So it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can, and you said everything you just said is just, it's literally my history. So in the place that I currently work full time in a, at a period of time, many years ago, I applied for, I think no less than seven positions in management. And each time I was told, the, the, the baseline of the feedback was, you're too nice. We don't believe you'll be able to give the difficult feedback that's necessary. And I always found that quite humorous because, again, that is what they saw of me. That is what they perceived of me. Mm-hmm. Now, when I would come home and share that with my then husband and my children, they found that quite funny that I was too nice um, because they said, if you acted at work like you do at home, you should be running the place. So, but that, that literally squashed any hopes or thoughts or ideas I ever had of being a manager because they said, you don't have it in you because you're too nice. Mm -hmm. And then when an opportunity did present itself where I did have people reporting to me, it wasn't in a management type capacity. And then I had to give people feedback boy, weren't they shook Mm -hmm. when I actually could. And I mean, you can't go back and undo, but that that is literally based on my outer exterior, my emotion, my everything. They judged me, they put me in a box, and that was where I stayed. At Crossworks, we spend the time to get to know people on a few different levels. We first try to understand their usual behavior. They People have learned nurture nature to behave a certain way. And, and it's been reinforced by bosses, by family members, that you do this and you get what you want. Yep. 
And so that is part, it's a layer of someone's personality, but it's not their entire personality. Mm -hmm. And the next layer would be, what do you need Mm -hmm. in order to be your best self, in order to be able to flex and learn and put new tools in your toolbox? And that needs piece is hard for people to see, Mm -hmm. which is why we as individuals need to understand what that looks like and be able to communicate it so that we can get them met so that we have some more adaptability on that surface level behavior. And then we have our stress behaviors. And those are pretty innate and Mm -hmm. and natural and organic and they're hard to change. And so sometimes when all you see is someone in stress, that's all you know about them. And that becomes their brand. Mm -hmm. Um, So if a manager or a leader or an organization is willing to slow down and get to understand that needs piece, that can be incredibly powerful. And that is where I think the magic happens. And some of the advantage, let me use some examples first. Some people want to be on a team Mm -hmm. and work in a big group and rah, rah, let's do this. Let's get together in a room. Other people need time to think alone. Mm -hmm. Some people want um, a variety of work and keep throwing things at me, I'll figure it out. Other people need to focus. Mm -hmm. And if you have a culture that only behaves in one of those lanes Mm -hmm. on that or a number of other categories, then you're gonna get a certain personality. Mm -hmm. And we know from a number of studies that diversity in thought, diversity in behavior increases results, improves Mm -hmm. results. Yep. Um, and But you're, when you're reinforcing a culture that only brings in a certain style and a certain behavior, you're limiting the number of candidates that you have in the pool. Mm-hmm. You're limiting the way you approach projects. Um, and instead of doing that, if you can focus on, we want to accomplish these things. This is our mission. This is our vision. And the way you do it can vary. It can be incredibly powerful and it can improve the, the results of the organization in addition to creating a culture where people are more happy and more engaged. Mm-hmm. So is this, a, is this a common issue where, and I know I'm guilty of it, I want to have, a you know, when I have a team of people, I want to have a team of people who are just like me mm. because I know that they, they get what I want and, they, and, and it, there's a logic to that. But on the flip side, I'm also not bringing any creativity to the mix because I'm just bringing in clones who are thinking, let's paint the wall black. And yay, versus somebody who comes in and says, oh, how about red? That's right. Is that is that kind of a common problem? We're, we're trying to duplicate and we really shouldn't? It is a common problem. If you look at the way people interview, they interview for people they like. And they usually like people just like them. And if you think about solving a problem, whatever it is, your biggest competitor is nipping at your heels and you're trying to figure out what to do next. Do you think that having a bunch of people who think similarly to you is really going to end up with the best possible outcomes for solving the problem? Odds are not. Um, In the Berkman world, I'm going to go a little geeky on you, but we use an assessment called Berkman and uh, there are four quadrants. And one of them is made up of people who are visionary and thoughtful and creative and look at possibilities. Another quadrant are the people who think about systems and processes and numbers. Another is about action and practicality and timelines. And the other is about the people and relationships. If you could solve a problem looking at all four of those quadrants, how much more powerful would it be? compared to looking at it through one of those lenses. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. I had a client that we did a video for, and it was, you know, a young company. They they did screen printing and shirts. You you visited there with, with Zach. Yes, yes. And one of the things I was impressed with, everybody had their little cubicles, and they all had their little names, and it's it said, you know, Mike, I I need clear direction and talk to me in details. And then, and then you go to the next person, it was like, I need, and it was like a little flow chart they had obviously done, and I'm like, this, you know, it's almost like going to the UN. Mm-hmm. I speak in English. I speak in Spanish. I thought this is great because I, I tend to just do what I do. <laughs> but, but, but if I have a little reminder, 
you don't like numbers or you how does that is how do we get to that point because that's that's really I thought that's genius and I know there's always somebody I'm sure in that team that said I don't want to do this stupid thing and they <laughs> and they should probably have that another thing I don't want to do this stupid thing uh, how, how does that work how do how do we get that because that's a great way to communicate isn't it it is I want to first say whoever was responsible for making that happen, I want to hug them Mm -hmm. um, because that is incredibly powerful for the individuals who are able to communicate their authentic needs rather than feeling like they have to fit in a mold. They're they're giving them permission to say, this will allow me to be my best self. Here's the interesting part about this. Mm -hmm. Companies want the individuals on the team to be as successful and as impactful as possible. The individuals want to be as successful and have an impact too. But there's a big gap yep. because they're mm-hmm. asking them to be as impactful and um, successful as possible, but within these constraints, right? Like mm-hmm. why do those constraints have to be there? If someone can say, I can be my best self when you talk to me one-on-one and when you give me some space to think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or say, I am my best self when I have plenty to do. Don't try to monitor my workload because if you don't give me work, I'm going to find something else to do. Right. You know, what? Why? who cares? If mm-hmm. you can understand that and treat someone the way they want to be treated, who cares if they accomplish, as long as they accomplish their goals? So how do you create that? How do you make that, you know, that that's mm-hmm. the goal? Mm-hmm. Tell me how that actually happens. To me, there are two pieces. One is individuals need to be self-aware enough to understand what they need. Yep. You would be shocked by how many people really haven't slowed down and thought about what they need. When I ask someone what they're looking for in a job, in a boss, in an environment, I often hear things like, well, I don't want to be micromanaged. Yes. I want independence. I want a good culture. I want a good boss. Well, what does that mean? Me. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? I want to work from home. Yes. Yeah. And so- First of all, you have to equip people with the tools to be able to communicate what they need. Yeah, definitely. Because I'm sitting here asking myself in my head, if you were to say that, what do I need? And I'd be like, well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, you know, I literally, I, could I say all those same exact things? Sure. But I don't know. Like I literally would have to dig even deeper to really get to the true, because there's a lot of people you deal with and I'm sure men are not necessarily is, you know, they're more inclined to tell you exactly what they need if they're able to, you know, get to that level. Women are not inclined to tell you what they need. You should know what I need Mm -hmm. kind of thing. I'm not saying anything. um, Well, that's what I'm, but I'm saying a lot of women, no offense, women out there, but you know, you do it. You assume everyone should know what I need. Yep. Well, why don't you know what I need? You should know me by now. Don't you know? Not, not that you would, but I mean, shouldn't he understand? Well, you should do this or that. Why I shouldn't have to tell you. And so it, I think some of us get to that point of, I shouldn't have to tell you. You should know by now. I will say on top of that, though, yes, men are more inclined to be direct in what they need. Mm-hmm. But men often say what they think makes them successful. Ah, <laughs> no, is what you're saying. They are more likely to say things like, you know, I need um, an opportunity to be promoted or I need a lot of challenge or I need things that are commonly known as successful behaviors. Yes. Yep. Um, and sometimes that's true. Sure. And sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. So giving men permission to say, I need time to think. Mm-hmm. I need a boss who cares about me as a person and appreciates what I bring to the table. And that may show weakness. 
So they're not as inclined to say it. Yes. We, we, yeah. The often the the ready shoot aim thing. The, the thing I was wondering though, if I'm again a team lead, and I just want that harmony. I want things to work. Mm-hmm. Um, what is? How do I work with those individuals to say, you know, respect their differences when they're just griping at each other? <laughs> is there a solution to that, or is it? So yes, and I will get to that. But I think. I want to take it down a slightly different path for just a second and point out that when I've met with key leaders and I ask them, what are you doing to build uh, team camaraderie and team trust? They usually go to what they've learned. So for example, I had a team leader who said, well, when I come to town, I take everyone to a baseball game or we go out to dinner together. And that is a certain type of team building that resonates with about a quarter of the people out there. Yep. Now, I want to separate people's usual behavior from their needs mm-hmm. because the usual behavior is us- what you typically see in a Myers-Briggs, a mm-hmm. DISC, a Myers mm-hmm. um, Strength Finders, mm-hmm. what people have learned to do to be successful and how the world sees them. But their needs can be completely different. Yep. Mm. So a lot of us have learned we have to be extroverted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know about the two of you, but in my workplace, I've often seen the extroverted people get rewarded. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. The squeaky wheel gets greased. Mm -hmm. So that does not mean even all those extroverts want to be at the baseball game Mm -mm. or want to be at the dinner. So you're missing three quarters of the people by doing what you do naturally. Mm -hmm. So the other three quarters would be better off getting a little bonus Mm -hmm. or having some downtime or some time off or just walking into their office and saying, that was a really good idea. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Um, so learning how to connect with individuals where they are is the is really what's important for building a, a team that really respects each other. And regardless of where you are, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. You're okay. Mm-hmm. Whether you want to go out and have a couple drinks or whether you want to go back to your room and think about reading a book, fine. Mm-hmm. Respect that. Just because you want to go read a book does not make you less of a team member, less of a contributor, yep. uh, less smart, less capable, less productive. Yeah. There's always that guy or lady who's who owns the place that says, I, I don't care if you take them out for caviar every night. If I get bigger results, mm-hmm. go ahead and do it. Or on the flip side, I why are you spending all the money doing these team activities if I'm not making more widgets? So that is a perfect lead and not everything costs money. Those folks who you're spending money on caviar may or may not really give two cents about the caviar. Yeah. They would have much more appreciated a handwritten note, a stop by their office, a small bonus that was less than the caviar just to recognize them, or the opportunity to go camping. Everyone has different needs and not all of it costs money. So if you're handed a team and, you're, and you don't feel like they're producing at the level that they're supposed to be, the First thing I would do is make sure you understand, do they have a common goal? Do they have a common mission, a common vision? And then take the time to get to know them and figure out, are they performing their best? Are you giving them what they need to perform their best? And if you're giving them what they need to perform their best and they're still not performing their best and they're not aligned with the mission, something might need to happen. Hmm. But don't give up. Don't look at someone and say, they're not good based on your lens, because that lens may or may not be right. The way you're treating them, the way they've been treated may be affecting their performance. And the, the the final question I had on this is if you have a lot of a lot of rotation in and out on your team or your business, mm-hmm. is that necessarily a sign that you're got the wrong people or you're a bad boss? Perspective matters. So what does even a lot of people moving through your department mean? In some departments, in some industries, in some roles, at some levels, turnover is good. 
Mm-hmm. It's expected. It's part of growth and opportunity to bring in fresh perspectives. You may um, be a great trainer and they just, they want to go somewhere else because you've trained them well or something. That's right. And if they're moving within, I had a department that I was coaching and the woman was very concerned about the turnover in her department. And when we looked at what was going on at the next level, the vast majority of people were leaving for other roles in the company. Gotcha. To me, that's a huge that's a good, success. That's a win. Yeah. That's a huge win. Now, if they are leaving for outside opportunities, is it an entry level role where you're training them and that's good for them and you've encouraged them? Is it that it's an industry that is a ridiculous number of hours and they're just getting burnt out? What can you do to help keep them longer? You should look at that, but it might just be part of the role. So I'm not as black and white. I tend to live in a Mm -hmm. world of gray and I want to understand better at the next level what's going on before I draw any judgments. So is it a problem if people leave quickly? Possibly, but not necessarily. So we're going to get Shelly back on here in a couple of weeks. And I, one thing we didn't do, we kind of did this backwards, but next week, I think it's, or in the, and when we have to have her back on in a couple of weeks, we're going to have her tell her story a little bit of how she got to this place where she's coaching talent and doing yes. this. Cause it's a, it's a fun story, especially for those of us who are like, you know, I need to make a big change, but I'm jumping off a cliff. And we talk about that a lot with, with entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, but you coach, you do stuff uh, virtually. You can come in person. G- give us the whole spiel on how people can contact you and find out how you can you can change their culture. Absolutely. So first of all, we believe that every person at every level can and should do work that is both rewarding and moves the organization toward its goals. One or the other does not work. So whether we're helping individuals or whether helping people within the company, that is our goal. And you can contact us for executive coaching, career coaching through our website at www.crossworks.com, C-R-O-S-W-O-R-K-S.com. We have a free introductory call. You can sign up. You can learn. No obligation. We love to hear people's stories. So if we're a good fit for you, we move on. If not, no big deal. We get to know you. You get to know us. And we're happy about that. And and the energy level, she's actually toned down the energy level (laughs) to be on the podcast. But Shelly is awesome. Thank you for being with us. thank you. We'll have all the info in the show notes. So if you need to to click something. But I want to have you uh, come back and talk about personal brand here in a a couple of weeks. And we can talk about that in a little bit. And uh, and if you want more information on us, we are uh, Marketing Me and Cupcakes. We're on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, we uh, have a wooden video (laughs) that we did last week for our 50th. We're very excited. That was fun. I enjoyed uh, it. If, uh, but if you want more information, uh, ondomedia.com is my production company, and the links are there. And if you need a cupcake in Central Ohio, you need to call Angel. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. So thanks so much, and keep living the dream. Connect with John and Angel via Facebook and Instagram, and let us know your thoughts. Marketing Media and Cupcakes is a production of Ondo Media.